Welcome to the Effortless English Show with the world's number one English teacher, AJ Hogue, where AJ's more than 40 million students worldwide finally learn English once and for all without the boring textbooks, classrooms, and grammar drills. Here's AJ with a quick piece to help you learn to speak fluent English effortlessly. Hello, this is AJ. I am the author of Effortless English. Learn to speak English like a native. Effortless English. Learn to speak English like a native. That's my book. I'm AJ Hogue. Go to EffortlessEnglishClub.com. You need to join my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Hot. Hot. Summer day. Today. In Osaka, Japan. And I'm standing outside recording this because I love you. I'm standing in the heat outside of the coffee shop on this hot, hot summer day. Fahrenheit, 97, 98 degrees. Very hot, very humid. Sunny day. So the the sun is shining down. We say beating down when it's hot. When it's really hot, we'll say the sun is beating down on us, right? Or the sun is beating down on the road or beating down on something, right? It gives the idea that the sun is hitting us with power. The sun is hitting us with force because it's so hot. So the sun is beating down today. Woo! Sweaty hot day. Well, this morning had kind of a cute image today. So I got up. We live in an apartment building with, you know, it's got a tall apartment building. And uh, I looked out my window, our balcony. We're up a ways, up on a, a higher floor. And I look out and I look down and I see my little nephew outside. It's, it's already hot. And uh, my little nephew is the bug hunter. I've talked about him before. The bug hunter. And right now it's getting into cicada season. Lots of cicadas are coming out now. So I look down and I see him outside. And he's got a little hat on, like a little baseball hat. And <laughs> he's wearing his little shirt. Kind of a short sleeve shirt and some pants. And he's got a backpack and he's holding this long fishing pole with a little net at the end. And he's walking around looking at the trees, hunting for cicadas, hunting for cicadas. Very cute. (laughs) Looked like he was going to work. He looked very serious. (laughs) And he's crazy, crazy, crazy about cicadas. So he's crazy about lots of different bugs and he collects beetles and caterpillars and he raises them into butterflies and he likes plants also, mushrooms and other plants. But I'd say his number one favorite, at least the last couple years, cicadas. Cicadas. So in Japanese they're called semi. Uh, Cicada is kind of a big bug, about as big as your thumb maybe. 
the wings you know they live in the ground most of the year and then they crawl out in the middle of the summer and they make that sound really loud they're starting to get loud now I noticed this morning waking up I could hear lots of cicadas you know making the noise they always they kind of make that noise in the mornings and in the evenings and so my nephew wakes up and he hears them it's like they're calling to him <laughs> so he put on his all his gear he has a little backpack with some water in there because it's so hot and then he runs out to hunt them and what's interesting you know he gets them and he likes to grab them and look at them and then he releases them and I think it's like a game because he, he counts how many he can get so he's he, he's kind of crazy about getting more and more finding more of them Something else he likes to do is he likes to rescue them. So at night, they crawl out of the ground and they crawl up the trees. And sometimes uh, sometimes they get lost. They can't find a place to climb up. So he'll find some of them. They're getting lost. And he'll bring them back to his apartment. And then they put them on sticks and things. And, uh, and then he'll wait until they become the full cicadas with wings and then he releases them so the bug hunter was busy this morning hey I'm in I'm on Instagram now I'm on Instagram my Instagram's still growing quite quickly it's over 7,000 now which is nice but I'd like to see more of the effortless English family join me on Instagram I put little videos on Instagram and of course some photos some of you like Instagram people have been asking me to join Instagram for quite a while I didn't do it I didn't do it I didn't do it and finally a couple of weeks ago finally I joined Instagram so if you have Instagram follow me there my official Instagram is effortless English club just like my website effortless English club is my official real Instagram. You must be careful because there are lots of fakes pretending to be me. I don't know why they do it, but they do. So, Effortless English Club on Instagram. Follow me there. Say hello to me there. Now, over on Twitter, my official account is my name. AJ Hogue A-J-H-O-G-E on Twitter AJ Hogue now Twitter's the best place to ask me a question or to make a comment you know so if you want to directly communicate with me Twitter's the best place I think Twitter is the best one for that kind of communication where you just directly ask me a question or directly make a suggestion or something like that so do that on Twitter, AJ Hogue, A J H O G E. Now, just yesterday on Twitter, my friend Max in Italy, one of our effortless English superstars, post actually it's been the last over the last few days. Max has been posting, and really, I guess maybe a couple of weeks when he first started, he's been posting about motorcycle trips. Max likes to ride motorcycles. And I used to have a motorcycle several years ago when I lived in San Francisco. And actually, I learned to ride a motorcycle in Bangkok, Thailand, which was an interesting place to learn how to ride a motorcycle for the first time. 
But anyway, Max is a motorcycle rider. And he has been posting on Twitter videos and articles about uh, long-distance motorcycle trips. So it's kind of like motorcycle touring, you might call it. And this is where people will... You know, in alone or in groups, they'll they get on their motorcycles and they take long rides. You know, maybe it's a week, maybe it's a month. Some people do it. You know, a year. He recently posted a video by this guy who's been traveling for eight years, eight straight years of travel, and most of it on motorcycles. Very interesting, very interesting. And in that video, you know, the, there was a nice comment by the guy. They were interviewing him, the guy that has been traveling for eight years. And he was talking about how great overland travel is. The difference in quality and experience between overland travel and flying everywhere. And, you know, that got me thinking. And I realized, I agree, I agree 100%, that there's something special about overland travel. And in some ways, it doesn't really matter how you do it. So what's overland travel? Well, overland travel basically means you don't fly. It basically means you, 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 you know, you take a trip and you travel... You know, you go some distance. You don't just go. You don't only go to one place and just stay there. Rather, you go someplace and then you, you know, then you move around. But when you move around, you don't fly. You only travel over land. So, what does that mean? Well, it could be walking. To I'd say not. I was going to say two of my favorites, but I'd say actually my two favorite trips ever that I've ever taken. My two favorite trips, and I've done a lot of traveling, my two favorites were walking trips. One was called Shikoku 88. It was a pilgrimage, a Buddhist pilgrimage in Japan. Uh, took over, over a month walking on the island of Shikoku, visiting temples. And the other one, a Christian pilgrimage in Spain, the Camino de Santiago. Now, I say Buddhist and Christian pilgrimages because that's the history of both of those. But, you know, peop- non-Buddhists do the Shikoku trip. Although, I'd say that one still is very Buddhist. And uh, Camino, the Camino de Santiago definitely is done by a whole variety of people. And people of many different religions. And even the Catholic Church, which has a connection to the Camino de Santiago. Even the Catholic Church acknowledges that uh, a wide variety of people walk the Camino for many different reasons and they encourage that. And in fact, one of our other superstar members, Kaula, is talking about doing the Camino de Santiago and she's from Turkey. And as far as I know, she's not Catholic (laughs) and I'm not Catholic. I'm not Christian either. But uh, I did the Camino de Santiago and I had a wonderful, wonderful time. It's just an amazing trip. And again, the Shikoku trip, fantastic. So walking is one possibility. Another way people do overland trips is bicycles. 
Now, I've never done one of these, but I, you know, it's always been in my mind because I've, uh, during the Camino, for example, the Camino, some people do the Camino by bicycle. So instead of walking it, they'll bike the whole thing. We saw a decent number of bicycle peregrinos, pilgrims. Uh, another a thing, to, a popular thing to do in the United States is to bike to bicycle across the United States, and you can imagine the United States is very large, so that's a pretty long trip. But I've uh, I've known people who've done that, bicycled across America, pretty cool. So you know that's always been in my head. I think another classic one is Europe. There's a big cycling culture in Europe, of course. Like the Tour de France, the, what is it called? The Giro d'Italia. So, I know a lot of people will tour parts of Europe on bicycle. I think the, the coolest exp- uh, bike experience I've ever read about, I read a book called Around the World on a Bicycle written by a guy from my hometown of Athens, Georgia. And what makes this story really cool was that he did it before World War II. So there's kind of an older guy who did it. And he wrote his book. He did this before World War II. And as you might imagine, it was a much more difficult trip to do then. He started in Europe and then he went through... You know, Middle East, Central Asia, made it all the way to, you know, went through India, went through China, Southeast Asia, Thailand. And then he ended up, of course, he he had to take a boat across the Pacific, but then he ended up in the United States. And then he bicycled across the United States and came home to Georgia, USA, Georgia. That was a really interesting book. Quite impressive for a guy to do that at that time, especially. So bicycling is one. And another one, a very cool thing to do, is what Max is talking about doing. Because Max has been posting these things and he's talking about and, and, and clearly starting to think about doing his own bicycle tour. I mean, his own motorcycle tour, not bicycle, motorcycle So that's another one you can do. You can do by motorbike or motorcycle. So Max is thinking about that and he's getting me interested in doing it too because that's another one I've thought about that would be fun. That's also a very popular one to do in the United States. America has very much of a road culture, you know, a travel overland road culture and motorcycle is a popular way to do it. America also has a lot of great camping. You can you can camp your way across America, so you don't have to stay in hotels. You can stay in campsites. Some are like, you know, organized campsites, and some are just wild camping. Either way, it's really nice. You're out in nature. It's cheap or free. And we say, I'm a sucker for it means I'm, it's easy for me to be convinced to do these kind of things. <laughs> I really love these kind of trips. So when someone starts mentioning them and, hey, would you think you might want to do this? Oh, like, re- um, you know, part of me is immediately starts wanting to do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've told the story before of 
the Camino de Santiago. You know, I'm not hard to convince on these kind of things. So my friend Joe just called me one day and said, hey, do you want to do the Camino de Santiago? I already knew about it. I already had thought about doing it at some point. So I didn't need any time to think about it. I just said, yes. <laughs> Immediately I said, yes. <laughs> yes, let's do it. <laughs> I think the most interesting motorcycle trip I know of, I've mentioned before in a previous show, it's called Long Way Round. Long Way Round, it's a nice uh, documentary series with the actor Ewan McGregor and his friend Charlie, is it, what's his name, Charlie, can't remember his last name, something with the B. Bronson Burnout. Anyway, Charlie. <laughs> Charlie and Ewan. And they did a motorcycle trip around the world, starting in England. And it's quite amazing because, you know, they bring a little film crew, a couple people to follow them in a van and, and they shoot video of the whole trip. And they had a lot of amazing experiences, really fantastic. And after I watched that, that's when I started thinking, oh, a motorcycle trip would be fun. That would be cool to do a motorcycle trip somewhere. And then finally, I, get, you know, I think all of those methods, walking, bicycling, and motorcycling, I think those are the best methods because you're not covered, right? You're not inside anything, like a vehicle. So there's no walls between you and the outside world. That makes a difference. I don't know if it's just psychological. I think it's more than psychological, that you're more connected to the land and the people when you're walking or bicycling or even motorcycling. It's a very, very different experience. I think it's a deeper experience. I think you end up connecting with people in a much different way. You also, when you travel that way, you end up seeing the whole country, not just a few spots that are famous. But even there's one other kind of overland travel which is just traveling by bus and by local transportation, right? The kind of transportation that most of the local people use. For example, when I traveled in India, especially my first trip, I traveled all of India, well, all of the India I saw, I traveled that whole trip overland. I didn't fly. So I arrived in Mumbai, Bombay, and then I traveled all over northern India, northwest India mostly on that trip. But it was all by bus and by train. By bus and by train. And by train, you know, India is kind of unique because they have... They have a very extensive train network, a leftover from the British, and it's quite unique because it's it's quite old, the train system, and there's probably nothing like the Indian train system in, in the rest of the world. And when you travel by train in India, again, I mean, you are... Uh, in 
among the Indian people. You're connecting with the Indian people. You're sitting there with them <laughs> for hours and hours and hours. It's, it's, and it's also, like I said, it's a, it's a unique part of Indian culture, the trains, the train stations. Uh, when they stop, the train stops. All the you know, people come up to the windows to sell you things or they come onto the train, actually. They walk up and down inside the train selling little snacks and foods and all kinds of stuff. Uh, it's, a, it's an interesting part of Indian culture. Now, if you do it, you have to be careful because there are also a lot of thieves. A lot of people will steal your stuff on the trains. So, you have to be careful. And that's true in general of travel, I'd say, is be careful. But especially in places like, you know, Indian train stations also. I have lots of stories of people <laughs> trying to cheat me, steal from me. But still, a really interesting experience. And by contrast, when you just get on a plane and fly somewhere, you miss everything in the middle. And you're kind of isolated, you know, you're separated from much of the country, from the people, from the culture. You know, I do it sometimes because I just need to get somewhere fast. Or maybe I'm just tired, I don't want to deal with the overland. Overland travel can be more tiring. But if you have the time, I highly recommend doing it. I've talked about the Appalachian Trail before. It's another walking trip, a great trip. I haven't done the whole thing, but I used to live in Georgia, so I did sections of it. I would go and do three, four, five days on the Appalachian Trail, a trail that runs through the Appalachian Mountains, which is the mountain range on the east in the eastern part of the United States. Very green. Lots of trees. Beautiful. Beautiful. The Appalachian Mountains are beautiful. You just grab a backpack. You put put in your tarp or your tent or your whatever you want to sleep with. Throw in some food. Maybe a little cook stove. And then you just walk. You just go drive to the trail and then walk into the woods. And then you just keep walking as long as you want to. Get you quickly get away from everybody and everything. It's fantastic. Get up, you're just among the trees and nature. You'll go hours and hours and hours without seeing another person. Occasionally you meet someone else hiking. But as you go deeper in, as you walk longer, you'll see fewer and fewer people. Nepal is another great walking trip that I did. Went with my wife Tomoe and my cousin Philip. We did a walking trip in the Himalayas. In Nepal. Again, beautiful, beautiful. Just walking up and starting off in what Nepalese call hills, but for everybody else it's a mountain. And walking through, in the beginning, walking through little tiny villages, and then, of course, getting deeper into the mountains, higher into the mountains, and fewer and fewer and fewer people. But the views are just amazing. You know, the highest mountains in the world. Unbelievably beautiful. Now, what's cool is that on a small scale... On a small scale, meaning in a small way, you can even just do this in cities. 
So, for example, when I'm in, well, e- even when I'm here in Osaka, or if I'm visiting a, a new city traveling, I prefer to just walk instead of taking the bus, instead of taking the subway. Like you take the subway, right? You're underground, you don't see anything. So you miss everything in the middle. Instead of doing that, take the time to just walk. That's why I do walk and talks for you guys, because I like to just walk. It's like an hour to an hour and a half of walking from my apartment to where I usually do work. And even on hot, hot days like this, like yesterday, I walked home. Because again, it's a, it's a richer experience, right? You're, the whole time you're looking around, you're just seeing, you know, everyday life and everyday people. You see the little markets, you see the everyday apartments and neighborhoods. The stuff that guidebooks don't talk about, right? The stuff that most tourists just skip and ignore and never see. I think that's often the most interesting parts of a place, of a city. For example, when I lived in San Francisco, I walked everywhere. I hated the bus system. The bus system is nasty in San Francisco. You get a lot of homeless people and drunks and crazy people on the buses, sometimes on the subways, but especially the buses. And I didn't, I got tired of dealing with that. It's one of the big problems of San Francisco. San Francisco has some serious problems. So I would often walk. Now, I still had to deal with that sometimes, but at least I was outdoors. I could get away from those people. I could just kind of cross the street and get away from them. On a bus, you're trapped inside with them. But the other thing is I got got to know that city super well living in San Francisco because I walked everywhere. So I know all the neighborhoods of San Francisco, including the really bad ones. I know that city very well because I've walked all over the place. Some days, if I had time, there were a few days where I would just walk from one end of the city to the other just because I I wanted to go for a long walk. When I was training for the Camino de Santiago, I used to do that a lot. I would get a backpack, put it on my back, and I would just walk across the entire city. And some days I would jog it. Some days I would jog a little faster and I could cover more area. So I'd get my, I had a little running backpack with water and I could put little snacks in it. And same thing, I would just go out and go for a run and I'd run for four hours or five hours just all over the city. So while exercising and training, I was also exploring the city, which was really fantastic, interesting. So you can even do that with your hometown. I mean, a lot of us, even in our own hometowns, don't see a lot of our own cities, our own towns. We kind of get stuck just going to the same places. We're only staying in our own neighborhood all the time, and that's all. So you can get out and explore over land, over land. Walking's a great way to do it. Biking is also good in your own town. Walk through neighborhoods you've never been through before. Explore around. Sometimes you find some cool little restaurant that you've never seen. Or some cool little cafe. Or 
you know, interesting buildings or uh, you end up finding all these little interesting places and shops and things that you never knew about before because you're always just, you know, you go from your neighborhood to your work and then you go back. Overland travel. I highly recommend it. I highly recommend it. I also highly recommend my VIP program. Join my VIP program. My VIP program is designed to get you to an advanced level, to be an advanced level speaker. That means, number one, fluent, conversationally fluent in English. But more than just that, it means very confident speaking. It means also being persuasive, right? So you're able to communicate in a strong and powerful way to get what you want, to get the results you want using English. Now with the VIP program, you get two two units each month. One is the normal VIP unit. With the normal VIP unit, you get a main lesson from me where I teach you about psychology. I teach you about leadership. I teach you to be stronger. I teach you to be more confident. And I give you specific methods and strategies to do this. So, of course... You know, with me, I'm always teaching you more than only English. You get much, much more than just English. You get great English training, but much more also. You also get a mini story or an interactive story where I'm teaching you grammar and vocabulary. Although, probably you won't realize it. I design these lessons to teach you grammar and vocabulary in a way that's intuitive, that's not obvious. So you don't have to think about it. You just listen and enjoy the story or the essay or whatever. And I ask some questions and they're super easy and you just answer those questions out loud. And that's all you do. You don't need to think about the grammar. You don't even need to know or realize which grammar I'm trying to teach you. Often I'm using lots of different kinds of grammar in there and I'm designing it to help you learn it but in a natural way you don't have to think about this is the past progressive or this is the present perfect none of that's important and I don't want you to think about it I want you just to learn it automatically and use it automatically correctly there's also the point of view stories which are also designed to teach you grammar and again in an intuitive natural way and you get commentaries where I'm specifically teaching you strategies and techniques for success for overcoming fear for being more confident for learning faster improving faster all of those things specific step-by-step things to do another unit you get as a VIP member Sometimes we call them bonus lessons or uh, ACC lessons, Advanced Conversation Club lessons, but they are based on a real conversation. A real conversation with my friends, Kristen and Joe, two Americans, native speakers. 
and we have a discussion, we have a real conversation about some topic. Uh, often we'll use idioms and slang in those conversations. And then we give you lessons so you can understand that conversation very well, very deeply. So there's a vocabulary lesson where uh, usually Kristen will teach you the vocabulary used in the conversation. And again, a mini story lesson, a point of view lesson where you're learning grammar and more vocabulary, usually from Joe. And then a commentary lesson and coaching lesson from me where, again, I'm teaching you strategies for success, techniques and strategies to use in your life to be more successful, be more confident, be more powerful, all of these things. You're getting all of this every month in my VIP program. You do get text. You get text for everything. That's basically just to help you understand in the beginning Right? So when you first get the lesson, sometimes it seems difficult. Sometimes it seems super easy. Either way, if you want to, you can use the text. You can read along in the beginning for a few days. That's fine. But these lessons are designed to teach you with your ears. Learn with your ears. So after a few days, you can put aside, put aside the text, stop using the text, and just listen. Just listen only. Some people only listen. They never use the text at all, and that's fine. The text is only there if you're having a little difficulty. Some people who are more advanced, they worry, oh my God, you know, these lessons seem so easy. I understand everything. They don't understand that the lessons are designed for deep learning. Lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of repetition. Repetition of the most important grammar, meaning the most common grammar, and the most important, the most common vocabulary. You must understand that just knowing something is not enough. You must master it. Master it, okay? Just because you can listen and you say, oh, it's pretty easy, I understand it. That's not enough. Can you use it? Can you use it? Can you do it to yourself? Can you speak powerfully and fluently, automatically, quickly, without thinking, without translating? If not, you need deep learning. If not, then you need more repetition, repetition, repetition. That's why there is so much repetition in each VIP lesson. We want it to be understandable for you. Okay? We're training you through that deep learning and repetition. So, hey, look. Just try the VIP program for a dollar. You get 10 days for one dollar. You'll get a couple lessons when you join. So right away, immediately, you can try them out. You can see what, it is, what it's like. It's only one dollar to try. After that, $37 a month. How long do you need to stay a member of the VIP program? Well, it depends. It really depends on how motivated you are. The VIP program is for my most motivated Effortless English family members. The most motivated, the superstars, they usually stay VIP members for three, four, five, six years. A few have been members from the very beginning, eight years. 
but I'd say three, four years, five years, something like that for the super superstars, the super motivated. For a lot, probably yeah, one to two years is often enough for most people. But you really should commit to doing a year. Commit to doing a full year. If you want to get you want to get the full benefit, you want to speak powerfully, you want that deep learning, you want mastery, not just knowing, you want mastery. Mastery. Commit to the VIP program for a year and then see the result. Then see the great result. Then you'll know. Then you will know. So again, go to EffortlessEnglishClub.com Join my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com Back to travel. What's your next trip? Have you taken any great trips? Have you done any great overland travel? Tell me. Tell me on Twitter. Tell me on Instagram. Tell me on Facebook. My Facebook is Effortless English. Effortless English. Instagram, Effortless English Club. And Twitter, AJ Hogue. So tell me about your favorite overland trip. Did you take a walking trip? Just could be something small, like walking around your city for a full day. Or something bigger. Maybe a trip to another country where you went on a bicycling trip for a week. I don't know. What is it? Or maybe you haven't done one yet. So what would you like to do? What's your dream trip? What's your dream overland trip? Like Max has gotten me thinking about motorcycle trips now. Where would I go on a motorcycle trip? Hmm... Around the United States would be cool just because I love the camping in the United States. If I did a trip around America, I would probably avoid most of the cities. I'm not so interested in the cities. But I would love to go through the mountains and the deserts and the, the country, little country roads, all of that kind of... Uh, travel those kinds of areas I think would be fantastic on a motorcycle that would be cool and also <laughs> motorcycling around Europe somewhere would be also cool like a like for me a motorcycle trip around Italy would be fantastic see often it's you know another country is more interesting to you because right it's, it's new or it's different so so if I think about it, you know, for me, a, a motorcycle trip around Italy would be more exciting. Or a motorcycle trip around Spain would also be cool. And for me, those would be more exciting because, you know, obviously America, I know America much better. But any of those trips, those, are, those will be near the top of my list for a motorcycle trip. Maybe Southeast Asia would be kind of cool, too. Motorcycle Like Thailand Myanmar Malaysia Laos Cambodia Vietnam 
Singapore, like just touring around that area, that region on motorcycle, that would be interesting too. Hmm, so many possibilities. <laughs> this is the problem. You start thinking about some cool adventure and then you and then you think of one and then that makes you think of another one and that makes you think of another one. And then you become like me and you become addicted to travel and addicted to adventure and you just start doing lots and lots and lots of these trips. So for some of you young people who've messaged me, you're saying, oh, I'm thinking I might not go to college immediately. I'm going to go travel the world for a year. I should warn you, be careful because it's addicting. After you take that first trip, you're going to want to take more and more and more and more. It's a good addiction, though. It's a great addiction. So tell me, you know, dream. I, I'm guessing that because you're learning English, the international language, that international travel sounds exciting to you. So let's share our dream trips, either from the past or things we hope to do in the future. Tell me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, of course. As always, go to EffortlessEnglishClub.com EffortlessEnglishClub.com Join my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com